Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, AfterBuzzers, and welcome to the Demon Slayer After Show. Today we're covering episodes 15, 16, and we have a special guest in the house. Whoop, whoop, welcome, Allegra Clark. Hello. What's <laughs> up, yeah. Allegra? Hi, guys. <laughs> Super excited to be here. Oh, look, my cat is here. There we go. Yay! I told you he would. I told you he would. <laughs> well, it's, we love when pets join in on the stream, and we love that all of you are joining us in the stream. So if you're watching yes. this, join us in the live chat. And if you're watching it later, no worries. Comment down below. So before we really get started, we'll go around the panel and introduce everybody. My name is Carrie Lane, joined by, we got Jamie. What's up, everybody? Good to be back. And we got Veronica. Hey, everyone. And Ollie. Hi, guys. Yay. And then, as I said, Allegra. Um, oh. So, yes. So, Allegra <laughs> voices a very fun character, which we'll get into that. Let's yes. go over some initial first impressions. Now, we're only covering episodes 15, 16. Ollie, this was brand new for you. And then, Jamie and Veronica, we were catching up about to where you had left off before. I've so, these episodes. so, this is now officially brand new yes. for me. Yes. This is new for me as well now. Yeah. Yay. All right, Jamie, what did you think of these episodes? Okay. So, um, so based off of the last episodes, I was like, okay, I want to see like more, um, not even filler episodes, but just more intricate details about our characters. And I think, you know, we're getting to know more about Zenitsu. He's just, such a spazzy klutz that I adore it. <laughs> okay, he is interesting, but I think we're seeing a little bit more of his personality, how he kind of blushes or snorts out the smoke. And then we get the mother spider demon. I wasn't quite yes. sure what to, to call your character, Allegra, because I was like, is it puppet master? Like, I wasn't quite sure, but then I was like, oh, it's mother spider demon, duh. Yep, yep. Um, but I thought that it was a, a dope character with um, a, a great um, power or technique. Uh, we'll get more into that because I have questions about that. But I thought it was really um, great episodes. I like seeing their backstory, and I'm excited to get more into it. Yeah. Nice. Veronica, what did you think of these episodes? I mean, I agree. I really love these episodes. I think Inosuke, I think he's very interesting. I kind of really liked this idea of this theme of pride that they kind of brought up throughout this series of episodes and how it's tying into Inosuke's character. And it made me really think a lot about that. And we'll get into that. Uh, kind of like Jamie said, Zanitsu, he's a bucket of nerves, but I love him. And you know what? His his nerves are understandable. It's, it's a very scary situation to be in. But I really like, you know, we're getting to explore our characters more. I like that we're also coming to we're exploring kind of like the dynamics within the demon world, kind of like, you know, what their fears are. And we kind of get to see like how they were when, when they were human and kind of, you know, their transition and how they are now. So very interesting. I liked this, these episodes. 
Nice. Now, Ollie, I know you're also a fan of horror. So what did you think of these episodes and diving into this arc? <laughs> well, first off, I have to say, Tandro, he's still best boy. I don't care. I said what I said. <laughs> um, but I'm honestly falling in love with the Nosuke. Like, I think Bryce is doing such an amazing job voicing him. Yeah. He, You see, like, the boar mask and, like, it just... But yet, the voice of Bryce is still so charismatic and there's so much emotion and you... I don't know. He's it's just brilliant, and I, I really love the character. Every time he's on screen, the way he's animated, you just fall in love with him. And I'm like, wow, I didn't think I would fall in love with this character so quickly. Um, but on a sad note, I'm kind of bummed because some of these demons are so interesting. Like your character Allegra, like I'm like she's dead, and it's like two episodes. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so it's like these cool, interesting demons that you get like a really good sense of like their backstory. Just like a quick little scene. It's you kind of wish as a viewer, at least for me. You kind of wish they would last a little bit longer to learn more about them. Um, but we did learn about your character in her family, which we'll talk more about. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, it's like some of these demons only last two episodes. And I'm like, damn, Tandro. <laughs> but <laughs> you had to kill me. You had to kill me, man. <laughs> but yeah, still really great episode. Nice. Uh, now, Allegra, we're going to get more in depth in your character as we go on. But how sure. is it doing this kind of an, uh, rather complete arc for your character uh, for these yeah. two episodes? Well, it's interesting because uh, the way that the episodes are divided when we record uh, series is we record in chunks of five. So technically speaking, mm. I recorded episode 15 long before I got to episode 16, like a few weeks, I say long. Uh, uh, so I go in, I, I wasn't sure how many episodes were in the the sort of the, the volume is how we refer to it. So I wasn't sure if I was going to be going in for just the one session and, and done or whatever, but I went in and I realized I was scheduled for 15 minutes and I was like, I thought I had a little bit more than that. Like I shouldn't be able to rap in 15 minutes. That's, that's a lot for 15 minutes. They're like, no, no, you just have four lines at the end of episode 15. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was interesting because when I first went in, obviously I knew sort of what she was going to be going through. But when I first went in, it's, it's almost a little bit like I was playing a different character between episode 15 and episode 16, because in episode 15, you really think that she's this like in control demon puppet master, sexy thing. And then minutes into episode 16, the second everything starts falling apart, you see all the other layers to her. And it's, it's like, I got to sort of peel back the layers of the onion as time went on. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of, uh, it was interesting because it was this entire character arc that was compact and yet also at the same time, a character arc that felt like it was cut short yeah. because oh, yeah. you just start to see, get a peek into the mystery of who she was. And by then she's already beheaded. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> like you're not, that's all the information you're getting. Sorry guys. <laughs> Maybe you'll see her in a flashback later. Who knows? Wink. <laughs> <laughs> Well, our episode 15, Mount Natsugomo, is we start, we're back at the ha um, the resting phase of everybody healing up just fine. Zenitsu's being that creeper, going after Tanjiro and Nezuko, and kind of a random dorky thing, but if anybody's on TikTok and stuff, I, I thought it was really funny that our Zenitsu was doing this gesture of his little awkward, like, Nezuko-chan. <laughs> I'm like, it's so weird seeing that. In real life, and then in an anime, I don't know. If yeah. Else well, I thing. saw the TikTok people doing. I'm like, as long as they know it comes from anime, I'm like, <laughs> right. I don't know why. Yeah, I feel like it works most. It's better I'm like, on now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's to reality, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and then as Ollie was saying, we're getting a bit more in depth on Inosuke and he's not kind of used to this special treatment. We have the older woman being nice to him and he's just like glowing essentially because he doesn't, he's not used to it. Uh, and then they get to go on to their next mission and we definitely learn Inosuke is not socialized at all. Like the little, what do we think of the comedic beats of the woman saying the farewell and the like the doing the light and then freaking out. Uh, Veronica, what did you think of their farewells and Inosuke not hip with what social isms are at all? Yeah, I mean, it's you can definitely tell that it's just something that he is not used to. And when I, we first got introduced to uh, Inosuke, I kind of didn't know what to make of his character. I didn't know right away if he was a demon slayer. I don't know if maybe he was a demon slayer that went rogue or something like that. So he's not necessarily kind of in tune with um kind of what they know kind of their routines and their rituals so it's definitely something different for him i think teamwork in general is something very different from different for him that he needs to get used to oh yeah i uh, we get on to okay so this is when it first starts getting creepy who was like oh my goodness so we get they find the first wounded demon slayer and he gets yanked up into the forest ollie what do you think of that as kind of the basic start crumbs of this scary <laughs> The crumb. Um, uh, it, well, I remember Bryce when he joined us was talking about spider creatures mm -hmm. being demons coming up. So I was always kind of looking forward to it. I'm like, oh, here we go. Kitty! Oh my God! I, <laughs> this is what I, think. I wasn't. I wasn't exaggerating. Wait, this is Milo. Did, hi. <laughs> Milo. Hi, Milo. What did you think of the episode, Milo? Let us know. Uh, but it, it really did excite me and it excited me seeing Milo yes <laughs> uh Jamie what do you think of this kind of start we get some really creepy silhouettes of spiders and spider webs as we're going into this forest yeah, I mean, at first, like when we saw the demon slayer who was wounded at first, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it because I thought they were being possessed. Uh, but then we find out they're that they're really just being controlled um, in a really painful way. I, um, I know we'll get into that, but I, I <laughs> thought that was cool, but also sick and gross, but interesting. Um, but I think that's a really unique superpower to be able to work like that from afar, which is why I thought I was like, oh, puppet. It's like puppetry with the strings, but no, it's it's spider webs um and I thought it was a, a really interesting power and that's where I was going to ask you Allegra like uh for your for your demon uh what would you call, it? Would you call them powers because then like for instance in my hero academia we call them quirks what would I call your your superpowers what would you call them oh um there's probably an official term for it I just think of them as like abilities like that's her ability yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's an official thing and someone's going to be like, whoa, hold on. Why doesn't she know her own source material here? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Close enough? I don't know. Her superpowers. Okay, yeah. yeah. I thought it was super dope. So yeah, mm -hmm. great, great scenes. Um, yeah, especially, sorry, if we're going to go to Inosuke, can we just talk about his super abilities when he takes <laughs> words and he feels around him, spatial awareness, something that oh we're all practice right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought that was incredible. So yeah, I, I thought that was dope. He's very ahead of his time. I know. You know? He knows, knows how to maintain social distancing. Like <laughs> the mask and the mask. Exactly. <laughs> Physical distancing on skills. Top of it. So basically yes. we should all be like Inosuke in these right. times. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I would say I would go with abilities. Maybe my suggestion would have been like, it's her blood demon art, but I feel that would be the next level yeah. of it. Like this feels like her just inherent skill that they all kind of have a skill, but like the next level of it, which we don't get to see would have been her blood demon art. Yeah. Yeah. It, it all felt very rudimentary as far as everything goes. Like she never really broke the mold oh, that's not really the phrase I was looking for like she never really like showed she didn't level up. The, no she didn't because she she yeah. even says like her version of leveling up is finding the strongest possible person mm-hmm. to do the fighting for her so mm-hmm. her ability is just finding other people that are stronger than her and going you do it <laughs> have fun yes uh well <clears throat> Speaking of that and finding other people, we do find the other demon slayers, find out that 10 of them have already come in. They all started attacking each other. We meet Murata, that poor guy, and how he points out, like, wait, what level are you guys? Uh, And we do get a little moment. So now it's new for everybody of going in and we don't know who this person is. So we get Giyu and Shinobu, who are Hashira sent in. What do we think of this mystery person who tells them to go? So Ollie, I think you had mentioned this guy before that we don't really know much about him and he's kind of like their boss who sends them. Do you have any inklings on this person or these new demon slayers coming to the party? I feel like you've seen them in like the opening, but I'm like, mm-hmm. like you know, like real quick, you know, anime openings are just so quick and fast and <laughs> you see so many characters, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I, we're just learning about these characters, but I'm glad like we didn't, they didn't spend an episode of like explaining who they are. It's like, good teaser planting seeds for ahead for future episodes and then we get to you know explore with this new demon and also just kind of see Inosuke and Tanjiro work together and Zenitsu crying and stuff <laughs> but nothing <laughs> there but yeah uh, but the is- planted the seeds are planted that's for sure can yes. we also just talk about for a hot second how Zenitsu is like, I'm going to stay outside of this forest where it's yep. safe, where it's like, yep. I'm sitting here thinking, I'd rather be with someone else instead of be all alone and by myself. But I would have turned mm-hmm. around and left personally, but. Yeah, but like, where did I trace my steps? I, and that's the thing, like, I have so much faith in Zenitsu, but he just does not believe in himself. And he's, he quits before he even tries. So that's the only thing. I know we'll see him develop that more, but Yeah. I love when he was like, wait, Tendro has Nezuko. (laughs) (laughs) And his poor sparrow, his sparrow Chintaro is like, can't communicate with their, you know, their person and is just so upset. Now, poor little sparrow. Um, (laughs) One thing, sorry. One thing I did want to bring up that I found really interesting was, yeah, the ranking system that we found out this episode in Demon Slayer, because it makes me really wonder how do certain Demon Slayers get assigned to certain cases? Like, do they, you know, this is all just my speculation at this point of, oh, do they kind of hear stories of a demon causing some mischief and they just kind of send whoever's closest or do they evaluate the the level of destruction to determine who to send out there because yeah this demon was it proved to be a little too strong for a lot of these demon slayers so it makes me really wonder how did they evaluate who to send out to certain areas i would go with this one they did not evaluate it correctly at all because there's also multiple large demons and i think all the demon slayers who showed up were like we didn't know we weren't ready, <laughs> ready. Uh, and you're just like oh no that just sucks and 
because we've seen glimpses of some of the other ones, um, which speaking of that, we get to, we see the spider mother. Um, Allegra, does she have a more official name? Because when I saw it, it was mainly just spider mother. It's spider mother, yeah, yeah. that's it. So the family, mother. yeah, mother yeah. spider demon, I think is the exact yeah. name. And then there's <laughs> the other family members are like, you know, father yes. spider demon, et cetera, et cetera. Because uh, then we meet the elder brother spider demon yes. who talks with her. So tell me about that. Of Wait, So we elder, meet this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the elder brother spider demon? Uh, no, that's, or, or do you mean Rui? Just that interaction. Yeah, the Rui. I mean, he's Rui, listed yeah. elder Rui. brother, but Rui, yes, we learn his yeah. name. In, yeah, in episode 16, I, I say his name uh, because he comes up to me and I'm like, oh, oh no, it's Rui. And what it does in a really interesting way is it automatically flips the family dynamic because mother is supposed to be mother. And you would assume that she has a position of authority, but all of a sudden Rui comes in and you realize she is terrified of him, completely mm-hmm. terrified. Um, and the one, oh my God, the moment that they, as I was watching through, because I, I watched it on Crunchyroll before going into the booth and the moment where he goes, I'll tell father and she just completely panics. That was when I was like, what is her, fa- what is this family situation? Oh no, oh no. So it's like, she had the specific fear of what her son would do to her and what her son would tell her husband. And it's interesting. Cause it's like, this is some weird reversal. Why is the son have so much power in this family dynamic. Why is this the way it is? And that starts to lay the seeds of the mystery of who exactly is Rui, while also having this, wait, what is going on? Mother, de- wait, mother, how are you? What, are you okay? Like, are you okay right now? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about you. Yeah, I was so nervous for her. And I it was also cringy because I was like, wait a minute, you're the mom. Like, why are you scared of this little boy? And <laughs> yep. where is the father? Because we didn't really see him. Initially, yet. yeah. Eventually, and then it's like, you know, I know we'll get into episode 16, but there were just so many questions. But as soon as we saw that dynamic between the mother and the son, it was like, wait, who is she? And why is this this way? She seemed all powerful. And now all of a sudden she's scared. And yep. to me, it's, you know, it's ironic that she's a spider demon because it's almost like she's trapped in her own web within her family, you know, and she, she has nowhere to go. So I just had so many questions and that's what intrigued me more about it. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. It's, it's yeah. interesting because like I said, it's, you, you see her, at the end of episode 15, you see her kind of like, you know, like, <laughs> like the first two lines were just chuckles and um, like her just going like, you know, you guys are trapped in my web. Like I have, we, I have trapped you. And then you see in episode 16, how she's like, you know, she's puppeting the situation. And then all of a sudden things start going wrong. And you're like, she's like frustrated by it. But then all of a sudden it's like that, that layer peels back and you're like, this is motivated by fear. She is scared for her life for some reason. So like you said, what is going on? Why, why is she reacting the way she's reacting? Yeah. I know we, I know we find out later in episode 16, why she's so afraid. But in mm-hmm. this moment, did anybody else think that father was referring to uh, Kibutsuji? Just because we kind of know that like, he's the father of all demons and all the demons are very fearful of him because that was where my initial thought was I thought he was mm. referring to Kibutsuji 
Uh, for a hot second, I did. But then it's like once I saw towards uh, the end of episode 16, I was like, oh, oh, he's father. OK, yeah. So I, that's when I was like, all right. But then how does that relate to Kibutsuji? So uh, lots of question marks there. Ollie, what, did you have any thoughts on this family dynamic that starts to be introduced here at the end of 15? Well, something that Jamie said, kind of piggybacking off of her about demon spider. Wait, how do I say it? Demon mother spider, spider. Mother spider demon. Spider mom. Mother spider demon. <laughs> The, the irony uh, is I am so arachnophobic. So it's like, you're playing a spider demon. I was like, no. That's funny. I was also it, spider Gwen in another video game. So I was like, why am I spiders? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know I'm the same way yet. I idolize Spider-Man. <laughs> um, but something that stood out to me with Jamie said how your character is trapped in her web. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so true. I love that Jamie know, brought right? that up. Because then I'm thinking, okay, like she's also like this supposed puppet master, but it seems like she has someone controlling her like her yeah. I guess father is what I'm thinking in episode 15 he's like a puppet master maybe to the family yeah. and that's really kind of made me feel bad for this character because she's doing this probably to prevent any harm from her for her own sake so I don't want her to kill these characters by any means but at the same time it's the show is constantly I always bring this up is humanizing the demons and it just made me want to know more about the dynamic of the family and why she's feared from not only her, not the father, not her father, but her husband, and also her children. Like, why is she afraid of the entire family? I like Ollie that uh, you brought up humanizing demons in this series because I think for many of these demons, they do start out as humans and they're unfortunately turned into demons. And I think it's just really interesting seeing the dynamics we're learning within kind of like demon society because humans fear demons, but when you look at demon society through the eyes of these characters they're afraid of each other and they're obviously afraid of the person who created them. Yes. I'm like, Ooh, I like everybody's thinking. I know. I know. I'm like, mm, you know, especially <laughs> I, I know like since we're both, uh, we obviously Kari, you and I like know more. So I'm just saying you're like, Hmm, Hmm. Interesting. 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 <laughs> we'll smile and nod. Yes. Yes. Like, mm. Um, so <laughs> I did love this epic fight scene. They start to get going where the demon slayers are attacking and Murata and uh, Tendro are trying to fight, and Inosuke pulls out, as Jamie was saying, this awesome ability, of spa the spatial awareness, beast breathing seventh form, and is able to ping her and find her. It's kind of like, seemed like almost a sonar of sending it out and receiving the message back, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Uh, which also, the last other bit at the very end, we get that little bit of clue. The spider boy says, because we don't know his name yet, um, oh, we'll be in a minute. He says, there are five of us. So you're like, oh, okay, who's the rest of the family? <laughs> Don't mess with my family. You're like, okay. Leads us into 16, letting someone else go first. So I also props to um, Murata, who tells everybody, no, you can go ahead. I'll keep fighting them. It's just basic fighting, which I was like, I don't know if I'd be excited to volunteer to yeah. stay by myself to fight. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, and how there's so many threads because yeah i don't care about spiders so much but i'm not a fan of spider webs so the thought of them like everywhere just like ah get it out of the way well keep in uh, mind the way that she puts the spider webs on people are actually using really small spiders that yeah. will climb onto your skin and then all of a sudden it's like whoop puppet string so it's yep. like oh this is a, this is spooky like this is a nightmare for me <laughs> yes 
Uh, and then this is also when we learned that the closer you get to her, the stronger the threads are and better control she has. And then that's where, yes, we get Rui and father and how he tells her to hurry up and you're taking too long. Yeah. So Allegra, for you, for the acting into this, mm-hmm. um, you're afraid of spiders, but you get to be this person who's so afraid. Uh, what are some maybe thoughts you had going on, going into it of, and then also, did you did you do the puppet moving? Did that help you, or you know, just tell me about your experience in the booth? Um, only in those situations where you actually see her doing some puppeting. Usually, when I'm when I'm doing any kind of attack or anything, I I like to sort of gesture a little bit with it. So if I'm swinging an axe, I tend to do like a little tiny swing, which is always great if you hit the mic stand or or like the music <laughs> stand or anything. I have in the past. Uh, it's always that moment of terror when you hit the pop filter or something, and you just look at the engineer, and the engineer is like, <laughs> "I'm watching you." Um, but yeah, so I was doing a little bit of it, but what rooted me into to the character was just being able to very, very clearly acknowledge like, oh, she's in an abusive household. Mm. Okay, this is an abuse situation. She is in 100% like fighting, placating, begging, everything. Um, and it was like, it was what, like I said, when I was watching it, it was the moment where she started hyperventilating when begging mm. Rui, like, you know, don't tell father, don't tell father that I was like, okay. She's she knows that failure here, the, the the consequence of failure aren't the demon slayers that are coming. It's coming from within her family. And it sort of changed the stakes with her because the outside threat was not actually what she was scared of at all. Everything was coming from the inside. It's almost like, I guess if you imagine her as like the first wall of defense towards the uh, every, all the other demons and everything behind her, um, it's like she was more scared of what could meet her from behind than the armies that were coming at her from ahead. So it, it definitely, like having that contextually in my mind definitely made it very easy for me to sink into that fear um, and that very primal, primal place for her. Uh, because like I said, the consequences of, well, the consequences of losing in this situation basically lead to a pain and a fear that she already knows she already knows what will happen so and it's not being killed by demon slayers that's that's not that's not what she's scared of (laughs) at least not yeah no that's an excellent description because that actually kind of ties back into the theme that we've been talking about how the demons have a humanizing thing going on and thinking of it as in like it's an abusive household it's like oh yeah that's I, I don't think I thought of that when I first saw, but that absolutely fits and makes sense for sure. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of abuse, we get to the next part, which was so fun and re fun, fun and rewatching <laughs> this when we get that fir- that female demon slayer who's kind of the last line of them and how she says, "I've never been this strong," and all the ones are other ones are around and their bones are broken and they're just like, <sighs> "Kill me!" And I'm like. This show is so good because this is so yeah. disturbing that you're oh like, oh my god, yeah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, but, it yeah. Was, um, so that it was good. It was like, what? Like she's re- like she's literally using them and breaking their mm-hmm. limbs, mm-hmm. and she just doesn't care. It's you felt for them. Yeah, yeah. Because that's when her movements start getting really erratic, and she's like, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And it's like, oh god, like their their bodies are being mutilated in order mm. to fight and I'm like oh okay oh. yeah <laughs> especially when that character was like I literally he's like I 
little, my insides are like mush and mm-hmm. you know, my ribs are, are broken. I, it's like, damn, <laughs> like, this like, how are they alive? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Ollie, what did you think of when they figure out, wait, how to, how do we stop this going on? And Tandra has the brilliant plan, throw them up and get them stuck in the trees so that they can't move around. Yeah, he always has a plan, obviously. He has such a great head on him. But, like, I'm, like, thinking, couldn't Mother Spider Demon, like, just gank them off or something? Like, she seems very capable. Um, But it was a great solution. Um, But was this before or after, like, she snapped their necks? I was shocked when that happened. right before. But, yeah, about that moment. That was... (laughs) That was the most shocking moment for these two episodes, for sure. Um, uh, and I didn't see it coming, but also these characters, like, like, yeah, they kind of have to die <laughs> because she kind of mutilated them as we were talking about. They were going to walk out of this situation. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, they were total en- cannon fodder. We get it. <laughs> Veronica, what did you think of this major shift that their necks get snapped and Tanjiro, how he has such a mood shift in this moment too, that even Inosuke notices it. Yeah, well, I mean, we've just, we've talked about this too, where Tanjiro is a very empathetic person, whether it's human or demon, and this was very brutal. This was a very brutal way to die in that she was, uh, the mother demon was toying with them, probably for like sick pleasure, and then, you know, breaking all their bones, and then finally, you know, she uh, killed them by snapping their necks. It's just a very brutal way to die to have to go through all of that, and then have your neck snapped and you know that's kind of how you die so it was just it was very brutal and for Tanjiro obviously that would create a shift in him because he wants to stop the the like he just wants to stop it yeah uh, Allegra how was it for you watching and this moment comes that you know that this is what your character's capable of yeah, it's interesting because it, it came from a place of like impatience of like, I, this isn't, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. And it's, it probably from the outside looks a lot more cruel than it is. Like, it's very easy, I think, for, like for Tanjiro and Inosuke to be like, oh, she just, she was done with them. And she just broke their necks like they were nothing. When in reality, she's like, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. And the more anxious you get, the more destructive you can get. And for her, mm. she's just like, oh, I got to take these eggs out of this basket. I got to move on to this. Like nothing's, nothing is working. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. So it's, um, yeah, like I said, it's like an anxiety thing. Like the more anxious and scared you get, the more destructive you can be. And the more you're like, I don't, I've got to railroad everything around me and figure out what it is I need to do. Yeah. Which leads to the next crazy moment. Jamie, what did you think of this giant monster with no head? And it's like, how they fight it well she's like pulling out all the stops so it's like this is her last resort mm-hmm. um I thought it was interesting that it was headless um <laughs> but I called it like the buff headless demon that's what I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like buff headless demon comes to save the day and fails epically <laughs> um I also just have to say Tanjiro like with his epic uh wave style sword techniques Everyone notices this from Spider-Mom to um, Inosuke, who finally is like taking his pride aside and realizing that his colleague is really good. He's giving him props. They make a great team when they're not competing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it just sucked because once I saw that 
this buff this buff headless demon was defeated i felt so bad for your character allegra because yeah. i'm like what's about to happen because we saw what happened with homegirl with the uh balls of steel in episodes i think it was like five and six and oh, yeah a hand coming out of her throat so you know it's like you have this apprehension like what's gonna happen but um I just, I just feel like these two episodes were so incredible. So many events happened and you went through so many emotions up and down because you were literally scared about what's yeah. going to happen to Spider-Mom. So I'm sticking with Spider-Mom. I like that. Yeah, Spider-Mom. 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 Just to kind of piggyback off of what Jamie was saying. So two things. Yeah, when they, when they introduced this, her like big weapon, of the headless demon, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, like that's gonna be very difficult because they essentially, she's essentially presenting them with an undefeatable opponent because to kill a demon, you have to behead it, but its head is already gone. So in my mind, I'm like, how are they gonna accomplish this? And then kind of what Jamie was saying about Inosuke's pride, I really liked the theme of pride kind of throughout these episodes with him because to me, there was like two types of pride. There's pride in the sense that you're proud of yourself and what you can accomplish and then for there's also pride in that you just want to be the best and you're just very competitive and that you don't care about, you know, who gets in your way, uh, you know, who's in your way kind of thing. And I feel like, you know, that's a big thing for, you know, because he's, he wants to be strong. He wants to be the best. Like everything Tanji you know, was telling him, he was like, I already figured it out. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, he's, he wants to be the best and he wants to be strong. But I feel like this episode showed a lot of his character arc is going to be to find pride in himself instead of finding worth in himself based on other people yeah mm, i like that yeah because he had, they get their great teamwork together which was so cool i love the like jump off of me and tandra even does the headstand slice <laughs> and goes to the spider mother and i i love that it was almost beautiful so mm. she gives up and puts her hands out like please ollie what did you think of this shift for tandro of like even mid swing he's like oh I can't kill her that way. It was beautiful. <laughs> like it was, it was very bittersweet because obviously it's the end of this character, but also it was like bitter. It was, it was like a release for her character because she no longer has to feel pain. And she also got a really nice haircut. You know, she looked great. Yeah. With yeah. You know, she got, got a cute haircut. little bob. It was great. Right. Yeah. It was very, it was, it was beautiful. And also Tandro before that, um, he got a hug. It was like a hug from Inosuke. So I was like, oh so much love in this you know but <laughs> I well I, I don't want to jump ahead to like the flashback of her getting like beaten by the father but because we're going to talk about that but um yeah it, it was it, it made me relief for her the demon that she's finally has some peace despite her mm -hmm. being killed but like it's like all that's all she wanted was peace um but yeah. it had to be through to her death it's I, yeah, yeah it, it was like I said in terms of like the the the, the threat coming from ahead versus the threat coming from behind. It was like, she knows she could get out of the situation. She could escape from Tanjiro, but like what's waiting behind her is worse. Right. Whatever's going to happen to her if she gets away from the situation is way worse than what's going to happen to her if she just stays and holds her ground. And tying back into that, she's an abuse victim aspect. Her giving up is like, death is literally going to free me from what I know is a life I can't escape from. And God, that shot where you just see her arms out and the water passing through in this sort of like really gentle arc 
as he goes past her so beautifully animated it like made me tear up watching it it was like you know it was freeing for her and and the move itself was painless for her to experience and it was like the first time she's not felt pain and fear in a very long time while facing something that should be the ultimate fear it was finally something she could stand her ground and not be scared of God, that was, it was so like, I don't even have the word for it. It was like such a, such a, an emotional process to go through that, that moment. And, yeah. and then she's even better because then she tells him about yep. how there's one of the 12 around. Yep. It's just like, you thought, you thought this was going to be a simple expedition. It, it, nope, nope. Yeah. We got one of the big boys here. Be careful. Yeah. And it was like this, this act of kindness to repay the act of kindness that, he gave her not only in a painless death but in freeing her yeah. um she's like i can do something for you which is warn you exactly what it is you're facing like and jamie you what- were gonna say oh. well I, I was just gonna say it was a beautiful scene because first of all the name uh blessed rain after the drought i was like Woo! i feel like i feel a spirit just after that boom i was like slay me like i love it beautiful you know and those kids notice the beauty everyone's noticing the beauty of Tanjiro and like all of his forms but um just even hearing the sound effects of the calming rain and then even Allegra when your character is saying you know I never thought that it would be this tranquil tranquil another vocabulary where I was like I forgot how much I love that word (laughs) (laughs) so I now I'm like gonna start using that from my everyday vocabulary, but it was just a beautiful scene. The light at the end, because yeah, I thought at first I was like, Tanjita, you're still gonna like chop her head off like that? But he, he said, I'm gonna let her off easy. And he did. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Every every awful moment was great. It, uh, when I, when we did that sequence, I'm, I'm a kind of a stickler where if I can do a bunch of lions in a run, I want to do it. So that entire from the moment where she just breathes and she's just like, what? Like right after her head cuts, gets cut off, right up until the flashback was one just monologue for me where I just kept going and I did the entire thing in one go uh, because I wanted to have that the discovery and the journey with her. And likewise, after the flashback, we did all of that in one go just to kind of have her reach that realization and acceptance because ultimately it was about acceptance and peace at the end. With that horrible mood breaker in the middle of her <laughs> screaming and getting her hair. Actually, that was the thing. I, I almost okay. forgot about this. The fact that her hair got cut off when the last, in the flashback, you see father holding her up by her hair and that got cut off when her head was cut off was almost like freeing her from something that he used. Yeah. Wow. So it was a super appropriate that in all of that, you just see again, the beauty of the hair just kind of like falling apart like that and just like separating from the rest of it, but also knowing like, oh yeah, that's, that's got an extra layer of symbolism to it. It was, oh God, I cried. <laughs> I cried a little. <laughs> <just a> little. <laughs> um, any other final thoughts on these episodes before we do um, kind of new special segment and then our predictions? Uh, Veronica, any other final thoughts? Mm, great just a great pair of episodes you know once again I I really like learning about the dynamics of these demons and I really want to know how Tanjiro and the gang are going to approach the one of these 12 uh, was it Kizuki's yeah yeah 
Yeah. I'm afraid of father too. Now (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie. Look, I'm, I'm just excited for the next episodes. Again, I want to find out more about our current demon slayers and everything, but I will say since last episode where we reviewed it, I wasn't expecting these two episodes, but this was a pleasant surprise that came with a lot of, you know, awful surprises. But <laughs> um, So I think I was taken by surprise and that's a good thing. So I'm just going to remain open-minded. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. So um, my, my, my piece of, of advice going into the next couple of episodes is that we we're seeing literally what a really messed up family dynamic looks like. So think about that, the meaning of family in this instance, mm-hmm. especially when you have, you know, that Tanjiro is so loyal to his sister. And right. So think about it. Like we're asking the question of, of what kind of mother is that terrified of her son, especially when they're everyone's a demon so like there this should be equal you think she's stronger than him you'd think that you know well you think father wouldn't be the worst but you know um so what what how does this family compare to our protagonist family you know what does this mean just keep that in mind moving forward Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) all right we're gonna hold on to predictions so now we're gonna do a special news slash special segment uh, if many of you have been on the internet recently, which you probably have been, there has been a lot of stuff going on in the voice acting community of people of color. Do they voice a character of color or not? Should they step away from the role? This is big with news with The Simpsons, who said they will no longer cast white actors as people of color characters. Though they've had issues with that in the past with Apu, which has been brought up a long time ago. We got Big Mouth as well as Cleveland. So if anybody wants to jump in first on their thoughts on this and how also the voice acting community, specifically we also see anime because we're all watch anime, how they've been responding on Twitter as well. Open it up. I have so many thoughts, honestly, because I had a feeling that we might talk about this. Honestly, I was kind of nervous being that I am black um, and that some of the characters that people were talking about were our black characters. Um, all I'll say is I know that, um, for instance, like with Family Guy, the voice actor, he's been doing Cleveland for almost 20 years. Um, for me, I'm, I wonder if he felt guilty when he first got the role and if he just kind of brushed it off. Um, and for people that are saying, well, if it's the voice actor, it's all about the voice. I totally get that. I am, I think if you are a great white voice actor, you, you should be able to you know, voice certain characters, but the truth is I don't see a lot of like black specific animated characters. We don't get a lot. I, as a black person cannot name a lot of them. Um, I can name more non-black or more animal, you know, animated (laughs) characters than I can black people. And then especially with anime, when I did see them as a young black girl who was really into anime, seeing some of the black characters on DBZ, can I just tell you how offended I was at like eight and mm. just knowing like, oh, wow, that's what they think we look like. Or when we would get a black character, I can only name a few for anime, Zoroichi on Bleach. She's voiced by a white character. That does not mean that Wendy Lee is a, an awful voice actor. I'm sure she's, she's great. Oh, she's but I would have loved that to go to a black person just because we don't get a lot of them. And then I've even seen a black people where they just say, well, what's the point? This is all about systemic racism and police brutality and I don't want 
the world to think that black people complain about everything and when's it going to be enough for them? I, I feel like they're just going to make it as an excuse as if we complain about everything. And that's not the truth. But um, uh, last one, just to kind of wrap it up, I Cree Summer. Everyone, most people know her. She was number five on Coding Kiss Door, Susie Carmichael and Rugrats. She's been a lot of um, black characters and non-black characters, but she chooses to do a lot of the uh, black characters to be a representation for us. I would just love to see more black voice actors, period. Um, and it doesn't mean that we all need to do specific race characters. And if that's the case, please create more black characters. Um, there are other studios that are black owned and you know animators who are trying to do their own thing and create their own thing. But I think that this whole discussion is just to create space and to not ignore the things. Apu on Simpsons, that should have never happened. Not because he's not, you know, Hank Azaria, he's a great, I mean, he's legend. But um, I think it's what makes it worse is the accent that he puts on. If he is not of that uh, culture or ethnicity, that's what makes it offensive. Not just his, the skin tone of the character. That's all I have to say about it. Please, you know, have your own opinions um, about it. But I think that for the people that step down, if you've done it for years already, kind of like what's the point but if there is someone who can also voice match because their voice actors do it all the time yep. and they also happen to be a person of color let's let's see how that works especially if they're okay with stepping down they made their money if they're okay with that then who am i to to be mad at it either sorry for no, no no it's no. Great. speaking very well said yeah speaking as yeah. an insider in the industry i know that um as an insider member of the industry. What um, what I can say is that a lot of it comes down to, you know, if a casting spec says, you know, this character is black, then it is up to us as white actors to go, okay, cool. Not for me then. I'm going to pass on this audition because this is an opportunity that should go to a black actor. Because I think, I think down the line, it would be wonderful to have a truly, you know, people talk about colorblind casting and theater and whatnot. I think at a point, the ideal is to get to a point where it is colorblind casting, but that is not where we are right now even remotely so in the meantime what we white actors should be doing is making sure that black actors have the space to play the few black characters that they are but then the onus is also on casting people to look at black actors and say you can play white characters you get you get these opportunities too you don't just have to play black characters and I am a member of a group. I know there's been a lot of conversations over the past year or so of uh, Black actors getting together and trying to break down a lot of those casting pro processes. So there is a lot of forward momentum in that regard. And I'm, I'm happy that we're talking about it, even though I think in this exact moment, it's like, cool. I mean, police brutality is still the main issue here, but I'm glad that at least people are beginning to acknowledge that this has been an issue this entire time. Mm -hmm. And that maybe what they were doing was denying opportunities for black actors to play black characters. Because like you said, there are so few black characters in anime and animation and everything that why, why aren't we giving all the phenomenal black actors out there the opportunity to perform and do their job? Cause yeah. they should, they should. They just don't sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they have this idea of how black people sound mm -hmm. and because of how we look and maybe they don't know, well, not all of them, but maybe some directors don't know a lot of black people or they don't converse with a lot of us. So they don't really exactly know uh, how each of us is individually. So mm -hmm. that's something that's a learning process. I'm also a voice actor trying to make my way through. And that is 
always been in the back of my head, like, oh my gosh, what if they don't give me a role because they feel like I should only do black characters, you know? So I think about all those things too. Yeah. I think another thing that will ultimately change and improve things for the better is not just having more black actors, but having more black people on the other side of things mm-hmm. and more, more black casting people specifically right. and more, more black writers. Like yeah. just have the world, have the entertainment industry be more diverse, uh, have a lot of like black actors, Asian act- like people like all across the board creating diverse spaces so that we can see diversity in casts in and of itself and have it be authentic and natural. So yeah. yeah. Ollie, do you have any final thoughts on that real quick before no, we wrap like, up? No, I just, it, I agree with everything that's been said. And I am excited that there are people that step down, like Jenny Slate, for example, because then that's an ample opportunity for a Black voice actor to voice that character. I'm not familiar with Big Mouth, but I didn't even know that she was a, she was playing a, bl- a Black character. So it's exciting that, you know, I feel like it's it's with good intentions. It's like, it just makes more room for people of color to be able to be casted, you know, if anything. But yes, police brutality is kind of like our main issue right now, you know. So I don't want to take up too much time, too much time because I know <laughs> no, we I have think to it, This is definitely not. Veronica's the, gone. You know, she she's <laughs> gone. I don't know where she went. Yeah, uh, I think we have some tech. She's we here. lost Veronica via tech issues here. Oh, um, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> It's okay. Honestly, that happened to me during a live stream too one time. And I was like, what happened to my face? Wait, <laughs> Unfortunately, we are dying. at the end oh of time. God, I'm oh, so sorry. It's okay. There you are. <laughs> yeah. um, so unfortunately, we're at the end of time. Um, wait, Veronica, did you want to say something real quick? Or I was like, yeah, wait, yeah. I mean, I thought that everything that Jamie, Allegra, Ollie, I thought everything you guys said was very true, very beautiful, very well said. Uh, just to just to kind of wrap it up, I think that what is going on right now is a discussion to kind of just um, create equal opportunity, create equal opportunity for actors and yeah, to create more diverse spaces. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Everybody who commented on this, we don't, there's plenty of more talking that we could be doing about this. Please comment down below, find us online with, we'll go around real quick where we can find everybody. Veronica, where can people find you online? Hey everybody, you can find me, Veronica Valencia on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Veronica underscore V. Ollie, where can people find you online? Hey guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ollie Dreamer. Jamie, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at it's Jamie Gray or better yet on Instagram at Jamie Gray, but you got to spell it right. It's J-A-I-M-I-G-R-A-Y. My name is Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie D Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. Make sure to follow us on ABTV Anime. We post a lot of press releases, manga announcements, anime news, all kinds of stuff like that. Again, that's ABTV Anime. Huge thank you, Allegra Clark, for joining us. Thank you so much. So fun talking. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank Where you for can people me. find you online? Um, really easy on Twitter and Instagram as at simply Allegra. So simply is in the word and then Allegra with two L's, please. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah. Well, cause con- it's the Italian one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so continue the discussion with us online and as well as comments down below and we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you later. Bye guys. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> 
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.